0: From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The city and borough of Juneau Docks and Harbors Department yesterday afternoon worked to raise a fishing boat that sank that morning. According to Harbor Master Matt Creswell, the fishing boat Lone Star was reported to be sinking at around 5 in the morning yesterday.
1: We received a report around, I believe, 5 a.m. today that there was a vessel sunk at the crane dock between Aurora and Harris Harbor. We refer to it as a fisherman's terminal. Harbor staff responded before 6 and found the vessel, a large fishing vessel, a little over 40 feet, I believe, uh, named the Lone Star, was completely sunk at the crane docks. We immediately notified the Coast Guard and Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation. They responded. We got boom around the vessel to contain any fuel on board.
0: Creswell added that the city immediately notified the U.S. Coast Guard and Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation. They responded to contain any fuel on board, and divers were working to raise the vessel on that afternoon. The vessel was raised, and the owner is working to find the cause of the sinking. The crane dock is back open. The Juneau Police Department is reminding motorists that the state's Move Over Code is a law which requires motorists to move over and change lanes when approaching stationary emergency vehicles. Juneau Police Lt. Craig Campbell has more.
2: Alaska has such a law called Overtaking and Passing Certain Stationary Vehicles. The law requires that a driver of a vehicle that approaches a stationary emergency vehicle, fire vehicle, law enforcement vehicle, tow truck in the act of picking up a vehicle, vehicle in the act of performing maintenance or road service work, or animal control vehicle being used to perform official duties, when the stationary vehicle is displaying flashing emergency lights on a highway or roadway, if possible in existing safety and traffic conditions, vacate the lane closest to the emergency vehicle. If a lane change would be impossible or prohibited by law or unsafe, slow to a reasonable and prudent speed considering the traffic and roadway and weather conditions.
0: A person who violates this section is guilty of an infraction or a Class A misdemeanor if personal injury results from the person's failure to vacate the lane or slow as required by this section. Juno Animal Rescue says they are at cat-pacity. That was the word from Executive Director Samantha Blankenship while on Capital Chat. She was asked what she saw as the biggest need in Juno.
3: I'm sure everybody knows there's been a veterinary shortage. Um, there's a nationwide veterinary shortage. And uh it's hitting us very hard here. Uh, so uh, we've been seeing a lot of animals come into the shelter as well. Um, you know, people empty the shelters at the beginning of the pandemic, and it seems like we're getting inundated now. So uh, we actually have uh, been inundated with cats in the last several months.
0: Over the last three months, Blinkenship said they had gotten 12 litters of cats.
3: Since April 1st, uh, we have had about 12 litters of kittens come in uh, and we've uh, i did some math right before i came in so we've had 133 cats arrive in the last 107 days and only 12 of those cats are claimed by owners so only three percent of cats are ever redeemed by their owners um, so we are literally at capacity.
0: she urged would-be pet owners to adopt or temporarily hold on to one of the shelter's cats to help with the capacity.
3: Right now, um, we're asking anybody who wants to adopt a cat to please consider adoption. We also have put a call out for foster homes, and we received multiple foster applications, just someone who maybe could house a cat for a little while, um, have a little friend. Maybe you're not willing to make that long-term commitment, but you could uh, have a cat in your home for a little while until we get our numbers back under control.
0: Due to the veterinarian shortage, she said spay and neutering has been hard to come by.
3: I also think that we've had, because of the veterinary shortage, we've also seen um, uh, difficulty with spaying and neutering services. So uh, people who, you know, even people who can afford it are having a harder time getting in. And so um, that's something that JAR hopes to address at least uh, with low-income qualified individuals in the fall. We're hoping to reopen our uh, public spay and neuter program for low-income individuals through our organization.
0: Meanwhile, on July 30th, the organization will be holding their ticketed hairball fundraiser from 6 to 9 p.m. at Centennial Hall. They said masquer fur aid will include wine and beer tasting, as well as a silent auction. The Juneau Assembly has opted to survey the residents of Juneau regarding removing sales tax on food rather than putting the question on the ballot this year. Work on the tax removal began in the spring of this year. City Manager Rory Watt explained on Action Line.
1: It's a difficult,
0: difficult question, Uh, I think philosophically. Uh, the assembly was uh, relatively aligned, and they believed that uh, sales tax on food was a regressive sales tax and that they should remove it, but it creates quite a, a budgetary problem. So solving that budgetary problem um, then kind of branched out the number of solutions in the decision tree. That seems to kind of dominate the discussion more than the actual yeah. sales tax on food. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm. I, th- I think it's the consequences that, that became more difficult. The survey would ask that if the city removes sales tax on food, would you prefer a sales tax increase? And if you prefer a sales tax increase, do you prefer a year-round increase or a seasonal increase? Or do you prefer property tax increase? There were, there were many, many diff, different outcomes um, of that logic tree. And so they, they ultimately decided that rather than um, asking the voters a uh, question on the ballot that we would do a statistically valid survey uh, and then pick it up next year in the budget process. Juno City Manager Rory Watt Ironman, Alaska is full steam ahead for August 7th in the capital city. Ben Rubenstein is with Tribal Juno. An athlete shuttle will be in operation starting on the Thursday before the event.
2: There will be an athlete shuttle system that will run from Thursday to Monday. And it's going to be rotating through three stops, uh, downtown at the Alaska State Museum, in the Valley at Thunder Mountain High School, and in Ock Bay at UAS. Um, those shuttle stops will get people from point A to point B, but there will still be quite a bit of sidewalk traffic as they disperse from those shuttle stops to where they need to go. Uh, so be prepared for that.
0: Rubenstein says volunteer opportunities are still available.
2: If you are interested, whether as a business or as a community member or a member of an organization here in town, if you are interested in volunteering, we do still need volunteers to help this race run as smoothly as possible. Um, it's a great way to participate in the race and it can be a potential fundraiser for your organization as well.
0: There will also be an Iron Kids Alaska fun run.
2: For our family people out there, Um, The Iron Kids Alaska Fun Run is going to be Saturday, August 6th, uh, and so that's kind of a fun, family-friendly event to get the community uh, connected to the event as well.
0: Juneau Businesses expressed economic optimism in the Southeast Business Climate Survey prepared by the Southeast Conference in partnership with Rainco's Data. Each year, Southeast Conference conducts a regional business climate survey in order to track Southeast Alaska business confidence. Melanie Shivens, director of Raincoast Data, presented the results to the Juno Chamber during their weekly luncheon. The survey was administered in April and May of this year, and a total of 440 regional business leaders responded. They come from 27
4: communities, 21 sectors their combined businesses have been operating in southeast alaska for nearly 13,000 years <laughs> and, and uh, these, these business leaders actually spend 80 hours filling this out so we, you know we get really really good information we got 119 um surveys out of juno so um we got really just great information for juno as well
0: 79 percent of Southeast Alaskan business leaders are positive about the direction the economy is going and 15% say it's going to get better or much better. 9% say the economy is going to be worse or much worse and 2% say it's going to be much worse. Juno's numbers are lower.
4: We're really seeing a lot of positivity not just now on the ground but looking forward as people are protesting for their own personal business or industry. Um, on the bottom, you can see Juno. So Juno, we're not doing quite as well as the region as a whole, but we're not that far behind it. So we've got 42% of our business leaders thinking it's going to get better in Juneau um, over the coming year, and just 11% saying it's going to get worse, or much worse. So we're, um, we're a little bit not as, as optimistic as the, the region as a whole, but still it's a really strong um, uh, economic outlook.
0: Southeast businesses were asked, How does housing availability impact your business?
4: 72% said it's a a barrier, including nearly half, that said it's a significant barrier. And one of the reasons I find this slide so fascinating is because we're all here in Juneau and we're talking housing, housing. Housing is an acute crisis. It's a problem. It's really difficult for our community and our workforce. And we are not even close to the top of the list in southeast Alaska. And this just... (laughs) And we see this every five years when we ask this question, but every five years I'm just sort of amazed at how, what a substantial housing problem we have here. But then we have Sitka, Huna, Ketchikan, Skagway, Prince of Wales, and Wrangell saying, like, do <laughs> you think you have a housing problem?
0: <laughs> Shivan said the issue was noted in Juneau as well.
4: 68% of business leaders in Juneau saying that housing is a barrier to their business. Is, is really significant, but it's also interesting to put it on the regional perspective and how housing, um, lack of housing, is, is an economic impediment really across the region. It is a regional issue and not just a local issue.
0: Maylani Shivens, Director of Renko's Data, speaking to the Juno Chamber. Sitka Mayor Stephen Eisenbys has filed with state elections officials for another full term in office. Eisenbeis previously served as a member of the Sitka Borough Assembly before being elected mayor. In an interview with News of the North, Eisenbeis spoke to what he sees as positive outcomes for the borough under his administration.
1: Over the last couple years, I think this assembly is, has been extremely forward-looking. Uh, Sitka is on the cusp of well, we've always been a prosperous town, but uh, we're on the cusp of heading in a, a new era of prosperity here in Sitka. And uh, this assembly, um, along with the administrator, John Leach, have been extremely forward-looking in setting up some initiatives that are going to better prepare us for the future. Uh, things that we often felt we didn't have time for, uh, such as asset management, um, things that just often got overlooked, uh, such as a sustainability coordinator.
0: However, Eisenbein said there is still work to do. He said affordable housing, which is also a major issue outside Alaska, is something his administration is working on.
1: You know, housing is a crunch all over the nation. So it's not just one community, it's not just one region. Um, just about every town that I know of. Uh, is is experiencing a housing shortage right now. There's issues with that. So um, I alone don't have the answer. I think uh, people are looking at it nationwide. And uh, I think that there's a lot of solutions, not a lot of solutions, but I think that there's experiences that can be found that can possibly work in Sitka by utilizing some other uh, small communities with uh, an influx of visitors in, in the summertime.
0: Vice Deputy Mayor Kevin Mosier has also filed to run for mayor this election cycle. The Ketchikan Gateway Borough Assembly passed a resolution Monday night that would seek funding from the federal government to support the construction of a new PATH homeless shelter. The city of Ketchikan previously approved such a move with a resolution that would support a donation of city-owned real estate to the Ketchikan Committee for the Homeless, also known as PATH, for its use in building a shelter for the homeless. Ty Radke is with the PATH shelter. He addressed the Assembly.
2: This resolution represents an opportunity um, for Ketchikan to potentially build a new facility. The grant amount that will hopefully come from uh, Senator Murkowski's office and Congress will be $6.9 million that we will be able to use to build this new facility. And this resolution, we're hoping, um, will help encourage the congressional delegation to fight for that.
0: Borough Mayor Rodney Dial says the plan is a win for those suffering from homelessness.
1: One of the problems that we're seeing in our community is uh, housing affordability issues. So this is really important for us because housing costs continue to rise. And before we're actually able to make a a dent in that problem, unfortunately, we're probably going to see an increased homeless population. And this is really important because, one, it brings in new money to the community, uh, and, and more than that, it actually will provide, you know, some shelter facilities if we're actually able to, to move forward and construct a new shelter. So it's a, it's a win-win for the community.
0: Bill Walker and Heidi Dragas have raised $1.5 million in their bid to become governor and lieutenant governor, they reported in a July 18th filing. The filing was submitted on the second reporting deadline in this year's election cycle and covers all donations received by the campaign since last August. The candidates raised $830,000 since the previous reporting deadline of February 1st and a total of 1.5 since launching last year. A total of 1,900 Alaskans have donated to the campaign with support coming from Democrats, Republicans, Independents, and Nonpartisans in 63 communities across the state. According to the campaign, Alaskans make up 90% of all donors. The other 10% are individuals who live out of state. Also, the Dunleavy for Governor campaign has raised more than a million to date, with nearly 800000 in cash on hand. According to an email from the campaign to statewide media, the most recent financial disclosure includes $761,669 in total donations with 1,826 distinct donations. Of the 1,826, 1,677 distinct donations, or 92%, are from Alaska. 1,053 distinct donations, or 58%, are of less than $100. The U.S. House has overwhelmingly backed a bill protecting same-sex and interracial marriages. 47 Republicans joining House Democrats in backing the measure yesterday, seen as a way to codify rights that liberals consider in danger after overturning of Roe v. Wade. Its future in the Senate is not clear. Some Senate Republicans aren't sure they'll back the bill. Alaska Senator Elise Murkowski was more receptive.
4: I will look at what the House is doing and see what that might mean here uh, on the Senate side.
0: Senator Murkowski speaking to ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.